Name, image, and likeness, also known as NIL, has created a whirlwind of consequences for college athletes, both that are beneficial and harmful. And what does NIL do exactly? NIL refers to the rights of college athletes to control, profit, and receive compensation from their name, image, and likeness. For decades, the NCAA strictly enforced rules against college athletes profiting from endorsements. They couldn't earn any money off their own name, no money from endorsing products, nothing from social media deals. Then the policy was practically reversed. In June of 2021, Division I, II, and three athletes were granted the right to earn money through product endorsements, social media deals, promotional activities, appearances, autographs, camps, and clinics. The NCAA has been scrutinized for years as athletes have been taken advantage of since they could not profit from their own NIL. Now that is no longer. The idea came across as proactive. Players were being granted the right of publicity, and so much more was subsequent. Athletes who are relying on financial aid can lean on the profit of NIL to ease their emotional stress as their tuition worries ease. Those with a strong social media presence have a higher chance of building potential business endorsements. Additionally, athletes have a chance of networking early on, gaining experience within the industry. Truly, all sounds impeccable, but waiting was a perfect storm that was barely foreseen. Fairly quickly, the issue of equal opportunities and the lack of control the NCAA has over collegiate athletes broke through the surface. Michelle Lee Casina, assistant athletic director at Springfield College, expressed her thoughts on the NIL at the D3 level. I don't really support it because of the Division Three part that I that I see. I mean, I was a Division Three athlete. I've coached at this level, and now obviously I'm in administration at this level. Division One, it's obviously a whole different ballgame. Um, they bring in a lot of money to the institution, so I can understand why at that level it's a little more important for those athletes. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of it overall. This issue goes beyond just divisions. However, Open Doors, a company that supports student athletes with marketing and endorsement deals, reports on the success of NIL opportunities. Open Doors president Adi Kunali said, through the first year and a half of the NIL era, women's sports hold six of the top 10 highest earning sports by NIL compensation. According to bestcolleges.com, this was a victorious truth for female athletes. But even so, according to Open Doors' 2023 report, only 34% of female collegiate athletes are paid through college NIL deals, compared to 66% of males. And NIL deals for men's football account for 50% of all NIL funding. This leads one to believe that football programs are naturally going to constitute a larger deal percentage for male athletes due to larger roster numbers. Still, Lauren McKeegan, a recent University of Michigan graduate, is not surprised by this fact. As reported by the Sports Business Journal, McKeegan conducted research that concluded that women expect half as much NIL compensation as men. Yet the gender pay gap was the jump scare. Since college football strongly outweighs any female sport, women's college basketball is situated as the closest, there is an expectation that a gender pay gap will appear in the NIL realm as it is understudied and underaddressed. Amongst many issues is one that is particularly difficult for players and families. There are no standards for NIL deals and players and families are being plopped into very difficult positions because of that lack of accountability from their brands and agencies. In a Q&A with the Indianapolis Star, NCAA President Charlie Baker explained that one athletic director said publicly, quote, 
the only thing that is true about NIL is everybody lies, end quote. Baker says there should be some type of uniform standard contract so players understand what they're signing into. He has heard of several incidents where student athletes believed to be signing deal X were really signing into deal Y, which was a larger representation than they bargained for. Um, but if someone came in and they were like really interested and wanted help, I mean, I certainly would try to help them. Not that I would have a lot of connections, but like I could tell them what some students have done and what's worked and that kind of thing. Families are put into an awkward position and there's no understanding of what the NIL market truly really looks like. However, for colleges and universities, their situation is sprawled with potential issues. Each state in the U.S. has its own NIL regulations, so one state regulations may differ from another which could sway athletes to find a school in a different state. Then, athletes are likely to select schools that are considered to have powerhouses sports programs to maximize NIL endorsements. For students transferring, student athletes are more likely to transfer to the school with the largest NIL opportunity. The loyalty to schools fizzes away, and business becomes the priority over quality academics. It now seems like it is less about the jersey they are putting on for some players. And really, NIL is very new and there still is much to be learned. But what is known is that NIL has changed college sports forever. A regulation idea to reel in NIL issues is only to allow sponsors to sign an NIL deal with a player once every academic year. Even if this idea isn't considered, regulations must be brainstormed to mitigate issues. There is a chance that the rule change in June of 2021 could be almost entirely worthwhile. Maybe a few revisions can be made and it could be golden.